Welcome to Real You, Real Money, the podcast that will inspire you to love all of who you are and love making big money all at the same time. I'm Ray Dodd, your host and resident money coach. And week in, week out, I'm here to remind you that your feelings and experiences of money have nothing to do with who you are and everything to do with who you've been told you have to be. This podcast is all about powerful conversations that will support you in building a business that reflects who you actually are. This is not a one-size-fits-all style podcast. This is a podcast that celebrates the individual you are and more than that, believes your uniqueness is the key to you making the sort of money you truly want to. Thank you for being here. Let's do this thing. Hello, welcome to another episode of Real You, Real Money. Today, we're going to talk about something that I've been mulling over in my brain. I love to do episodes like this. When I've been like, I'd love to write an email on that. I'd love to post on that. But I'm actually finding the information is like swirling around in my brain. Sometimes recording a podcast is really helpful in terms of like me getting my head around what I think. And that's very much what today's episode was, is about. It's really helped. So I've got notes that I've obviously done before coming on here. It's really helped me clarify what it is I want to talk about. And I want to talk basically about the relationship between money coaching and selling coaching. At the moment, the doors to sell that thing are wide open. They are open until Monday the 12th, I think it is, at midnight, which um, Greenwich Mean Time. And I have thought a lot. So I first ran Sell That Thing, I think, in 2019. And it started off as an idea I had in a brainstorming session, which I still do with my plenty people of like, what what ways could I make money? And I had this idea and I was like, I could do a week long course, five different days, just real kickstart for people to sell. And I did that. And it it went really well, like people got really amazing results from it. And it was just an incredible thing to do. And um, I'm also, I think the podcast will be out after this, but you'll still be able to get the replay. I'm going to be doing a free workshop tomorrow. I'm recording this on Tuesday. The free workshop will be on Wednesday. And I'm going to be doing this free workshop talking about part of my selling journey. But as a little taster of that, I did not always like selling. If you'd said to me eight years ago, I guess, Ray, you know, you're going to love selling. You're going to thoroughly enjoy it. It's going to be like something you crave that you want to find ways of doing more of. I would have just been like, I don't know what you're saying. What are you talking about? That's not possible. I'm a good person. (laughs) I would never do that. All of that sort of stuff. And so this hasn't been like a linear journey for me at all. And so I love talking about that journey. I love sharing people what I've learned and how you can make selling feel incredibly natural and normal. Like it's just an extension of your enthusiasm, of your commitment to what you do, of your belief in what you do. And and also that it can be so relational and lovely and connecting as well. So that was why Sell That Thing was born. It was kind of born out of like, I love talking about this. And at the time, I was a money and business coach. Now, you may not have noticed this. I think I've mentioned it here. I'm now putting down that I'm a money mindset coach. And so 
when it came to sell that thing, this course that I know has amazing impact. Like I would say of all my courses, people get, and this makes sense. I'm going to talk about it as we go through the episode. People get the quickest results with this course, with learning how to untangle their thoughts and beliefs and stories about selling, as well as learning actual selling techniques and going out and using them. So on one hand, I had, but I'm a money mindset coach. Do I talk about this? And on the other hand, I had this kind of this amazing course that I love delivering about something I love talking about. And for quite a while, I decided not to do the course and I put it away. And then February last year, I got it out of its dusty box and I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. But it was when my dad was really ill. I did not have it in me at that time because everything was so up and down with him. Like, I think it was around the time that we found out his first lot of chemo, which was the chemo that was likely to work. He had two different kinds that his first lot of chemo wasn't working. And I just I sold a few of sell that thing, even though I wasn't doing much about it. I wasn't emailing enough or any of that stuff, ironically, considering the course name and content. And I just refunded though I just went back on it and I refunded the people that bought and was like you know what I just can't do this right now and so it went back into its box for another year and then through conversations with people it's amazing the amount of people that I speak to current clients that are like oh yeah sell that thing was the first thing I did of yours I love that course I still use loads of the stuff from it and people I've forgotten did it well like as I've been mentioning mentioning on social media this week I've been like I took sell that thing And it's just, it's a really incredible course. In some ways, it's like a straightforward, simple course. In other ways, it's layered and deep, like a lot of my work is. But it's a really good introduction to my take on this stuff and why I do things so differently. But what I had to reconcile with was, I'm a money mindset coach. Why am I doing a selling course? Why should anybody come to me to do this? Now, the number one thing I would say is the reason, like regardless of what my job title is, one of the reasons is because I've been selling consistently for eight years. Like somebody asked me the other day, like, does everything you offer work? And the answer is no. Like, I definitely have things that sell better than others. But I can also say it's been a very long time since I sold nothing of something. I might not always hit my targets. I might not always get that. Like sometimes I exceed my targets and it's incredible. And sometimes I land in the middle and sometimes I don't hit those lower targets. That's pretty unusual now. And I know a lot of that is to do with how I sell. And that will be something I'm teaching. I've also been running a 100K plus business for eight years, seven years. I'm never quite sure. A long time. And a lot of that is down to selling. A lot of it is that. So that's one of the reasons. And like I said, lots of people have really adore this course. But the other reason is there's clear reasons why learning about selling in the way that I teach it from somebody who is a money mindset coach makes loads of sense. Like it makes loads of sense. And I wanted to run through a few of those reasons with you now. The number one reason why this makes sense is money feelings impact how we sell. Like, of course they do. They're really closely linked because in its most basic sense and I actually don't think this is a right view of selling I don't I think this is a misunderstanding of selling but for a lot of us selling is asking for money that's how people view it 
we're going out there and we're asking somebody to spend with us. So selling becomes asking for money. Like, and I, I almost visualize like somebody's got their hands out. It can feel like a bit needy and like you're begging, like you're, you know, that's where the pressuring people and all of that stuff can come in. So if you believe on any level that selling is asking for money, can I just say we have some money work to do? <laughs> we have some money work to do because that is not my view on selling at all. My view on selling is that you're inviting people into your world. And yes, there's an exchange of money in there, but the exchange of money is not the thing. It's like suggesting that when you go to a concert, you're asking people for their ticket. They might have to hand their ticket in, but the main exchange there is not just like somebody gathering all these paper tickets. It's you go to this concert and you are like, it's the experience you have on the other side of it. And maybe that's like, and same with the theater, like you're not, you know, asking somebody for their money. You're not asking someone for the ticket that they've bought. You're like, you are giving them something incredible. We went to see the live version of Totoro, which the RSC are putting on at the Barbican a few weeks ago. And it cost a lot of money. It did. It cost a lot of money, <laughs> like definitely. But it was incredible. And my last thought was about the money. That was not what I, you know, that's not what it was about. What though, that production, they weren't asking anything of me, by the way. That's not how I feel. I don't feel like the RSC were asking any of me thing to anything of me to come to that production. I was being given like a like it felt like a gift to see that. And if and I I think it's completely sold out. But if it wasn't, or if you have a chance for tickets for any obscure reason, do it. It's just the most. It was the most amazing thing. I cried multiple times. Many of those times I cried because it was just so incredible. Nothing sad was happening. It was just so well done. And I was, you know, I don't know if anyone else gets this like really overwhelmed with how beautiful life can be, which feels particularly precious in where the world is at the moment. And arts often do that to me, particularly music or theatre. And I was just overwhelmed with how wonderful humans are. Makes me want to cry thinking about it. But can you hear all of that? Yes, there was a money exchange. But there was no, like can, like, can you hear how not about money that experience was? And so many of us are boiling down what we do, whether it's that we offer products that are visually beautiful or life enhancing, or whether or not we are offering services that support people or transform their lives in some way. Let's not boil it down to cash being exchanged. Like that is minimizing what you do. And to suggest that when you sell, that you're just asking for people's money is just not, it's not the one. Equally, selling is a very obvious way to make more money, right? Like it makes sense that when someone shows up and sells more, I would think this is really interesting because I think when I say it makes sense that when someone shows up and sells more, they'd make more money. On the other end of like, your phone or your laptop or wherever you're listening to this, your headphones, you're like, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. And yet so many of us are so resistant to it. Like so many of us have like, yes, for them, they'd make more money. But I think for me, everyone would unsubscribe and I'd sell nothing. We have this like real like cognitive dissonance about it. Anyway, it makes sense that when people show up more, when they sell more, they make more money. But if you believe subconsciously or maybe a little bit consciously even that money is unsafe, or requires lots of work for you, or lots is 
you're going to have to be extra responsible and totally perfect to receive money or that you think money's going to make you an asshole. It's going to make you grabby and greedy. It's going to mean giving up your activist tendencies or convictions or your values. You're subconsciously not going to show up and sell. You're subconsciously not going to do the activities that will bring you in more money because your subconscious just wants to keep you safe. Your subconscious just wants to follow the pattern it already knows and keep itself safe by not showing up. So doing the work around money to understand its safety has an impact. It has a massive impact. And so being taught selling by somebody who knows a whole fucking lot (laughs) about that stuff, again, makes sense. The other thing. So that's number one. That's number one. I'm just trying to remember what I called it. Money feelings impact how we sell. That's number one. Number two, and this is probably very unique to my work um, because I have frameworks and all sorts of things about the way our conditioning shows up around money and selling because they really overlap. So number two is that the conditioning, the societal conditioning, the stories, the myths, the beliefs that we have inherited from our family and friends but also from the patriarchy white supremacy and all of the and capitalism and all of the various intersections that go along with that they though the ones that relate to money and the ones that relate to selling there is a huge overlap with for example we often conflate selling and unkindness That's a really common one. People feel like the more they go out and sell, somehow they're adding more bad to the world. And the example I always use for this is whenever there has been a war happening, which has happened a fair bit over recent times, a pandemic, a racial reckoning, or even it did, I wasn't, I don't think I was doing this around me too, but I wouldn't be surprised if it would have come up around that. Whenever there's some kind of shift in public consciousness to the point where we are more aware of someone suffering, what you see in a lot of people, women, people who are conditioned as women, what you'll see is a step back away from something like selling, as if they are adding bad into the world by showing up and selling what they do. Now, one of the things that I work with my clients on in Sell That Thing and to some extent in Plenty too, is knowing that you are adding good to the world, like really falling in love with what you do and knowing its place in terms of making the world a better place. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to be doing things that are like obviously changing the world, like your work doesn't have to be about the environment or or race or I'm trying to think of other things or anything like that. It doesn't need to be or like charitable. It doesn't need to be because people being able to show up as themselves is absolutely world changing. Like totally world changing. People being resourced and paid well for that is transformative in itself. But yeah, we conflate sales and unkindness massively. And as people conditioned as women, our currency is kindness. It's where our value lies. And so anything that risks that, risks our value, our place in the world. Anything that suggests that we might not be being our kindest, most caring, generous, 
thoughtful selves at any given point risks our standing in society. So you see that as well in the panic that shows up when they consider what people will think if they're just selling and selling on repeat. You know, it's almost like I'm going to hurt them. I'm going to harm them. I'm going to bother them. It's going to be terrible. And some of you will have felt that viscerally. I know I've gone to send an email like that's my second email of the day before I would do that. I don't do that loads, but sometimes I do that. And I will literally be like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, and have to make myself send it. It's just an email. I'm not sending like a bomb in the post. I'm sending an an electronic email, which they have the right, they're not just the right, that it's easy for them to unsubscribe from and stop it being in their inbox. But you'd think I was sending them violence the way that I have felt, the way that many of you feel. But it's because it really threatens our understandings of our place in the world. If we are not kind, if we are not considering everybody's feelings in the room, who are we? Who are we? And what what is our value? It could be taken away from us in a moment if somebody thinks that we won't weren't being our most considerate, thoughtful selves. This also links to playing small. So in order to sell, we often have to be more in terms of how much we show up, how much we're seen, how many times we land in somebody's inbox, how many times we land on somebody's newsfeed. And for many of us, smallness is safety. Smallness means blending into the background, being invisible, not being seen too much, being seen just the right time. And that in itself is seen as a kindness. Women who stand up for themselves are often seen as far more aggressive than the term that would be levied at men, which is assertiveness. Assertive, while you do hear women spoken about as assertive, it's far less often. And that's without me bringing race into it. Black women are far more likely to be seen as aggressive than white women. Women are to blend in or add decoration but never to stand out beyond beyond their allotted place. That's if they've been allotted a place at all. It's only a very specific sort of person with specific roles that's allotted a place where they are able to be seen, but even then they mustn't be seen too much. Our conditioning around the things that we need to do in order to sell are hugely overlapping with money. We often are like when we think about making more and more money that plays into, you know, not staying small. When we think about our pricing, for example, that plays into that kindness at all costs, being kind no matter what, always protecting our perception as being good people. That very much overlaps with selling. And selling asks us in order to sell, we are being asked to confront the very same conditioning that stops us making money. It's the perfect practice for being open to more. And I love this about selling, that actually selling is the perfect practice. Not only does it practically make you more money because you're asking for the sale more, which by the way, like 
why do so many of us think that there is like a perfect balance to get and if we overdo it we're going to not make sales but equally we understand that if we underdo it we're not going to make sales and so we're like goldilocks looking for the like perfect amount the just right bit but actually the more you show up the more you're going to sell the more you ask for the sale the more money you're going to make and that is the most perfect practice for allowing yourself to receive allowing yourself to receive more money is just one aspect of that it's just one aspect but it's an incredibly important one. To sell, you need to be seen. You need to ask for what you want. You'll sell more if you actually know what you want to. And those are all brilliant practices for expanding your capacity to receive money. And you can follow, of course, and some of you will have done this. And some people, let me just be clear, some people conditioned as women, can follow the the bro path that's laid out before us and they're fine with it. I don't think you're listening to this if that's you though. You're probably not my people if you're not feeling either like a bit of a, like it doesn't fit with your values or it doesn't fit with your energy levels or your time or your presentation in the world. So it, it it's possible for people to do that. I know people who feel totally okay with that and great, let them do it. I can't for a number of different reasons. Like, yes, values, definitely values. But also I'm not very good at being told what to do. I need to find my own path with stuff and be energy. I am not an energizer bunny of a human. And that feels to me like I've got to constantly churn things out. Not just that, though. It asks me to present myself in a more, a less complicated than I honestly am, more kind of one dimensional way that actually takes me a lot of effort. It means pushing aside lots of parts of myself in order to fit into a much smaller space. And I don't want that. I don't want that. I'm just going to find something that I wrote when I was talking to a client this morning be in my in my client notebook and we were talking about selling and I talked about yeah marketing speak and marketing like rules attempt to contain immovable forces they attempt to contain something uncontainable and I think that's what happens with lots of people like yes you can go the bro way you can do that. And by the bro way, by the way, we talk about bro marketers. And by the way, I don't think all of this is bad, what I'm going to say, but it looks very much like funnels. It looks like scarcity tactics. It looks like pressure tactics. It looks like, and like the funnels thing, you can do a good funnel. It looks like, I don't know. It looks like stuff I don't even engage in. <laughs> but it's not like, like the whole thing is not terrible. It's what it asks of people often. But like I said, it's not available. That way of selling is not available to a lot of us. The main thing the bro thing asks you to be is to be a bro to do it. And you don't have to be a, a literal bro, as in you don't have to be a white man, but you have to adopt the persona, the confidence, the values of that person. And that is not available to many of us. So you're also going to want to figure out in order to sell how to sell without compromising who you are. And of course, yeah, how to 
So you're also going to want to figure out how to sell without compromising who you are so that the whole of you gets to show up in selling. And actually, when you do that, you're going to attract the best fit people for you. The best fit people for you by far. You're going to have an easier time of it with clients because you are attracting the right people. I did. We did a plenty. We're doing a live version of the plenty modules at the moment. And oh, my God joy it's the joy of my actual life to get these brilliant humans that show up on a Tuesday at midday and it's like gathering with like this huge group of mates to talk about stuff that we're all nerding out about and one of the people in the group shared something that she was like this is super nerdy but like this like I can't remember what it was but it was about how we've been conditioned around needs versus wants because we were talking about the way that impacts money and how many people will say but I don't need that and it's not about need it's about what what do you want what do you desire and she was talking about the history of where that's come from it's super interesting and it was the way she said this is super niche and nerdy and then nearly everyone in the group (laughs) was like this is amazing this sounds incredible oh my goodness I know what I'm doing with my afternoon and it was just this really like I could have cried as I read it because it was just such a beautiful example of what I teach where someone thinks in the group that they are going to be offering something that everyone's going to go why are you interested in that but because I am very purposeful in how I present myself in how I communicate things in the people I'm drawing in they actually find themselves just in a group of people who are like, ooh, amazing. And that's what selling as you does. It gives you the opportunity to really draw in your people. And it's beautiful. And it's literally move you to tears incredible on a call because you're just like, these are so my people. These are so my people, not just for me, but for the other members of the group. Okay. And number three, the final reason is the reason a money coach talks about selling and teaches selling is because it's the easiest way to bloody well make more money. I can talk till I'm blue in the face about all of the different mindset stuff and all of that stuff. But honestly, selling is a huge part of how you're going to go out and make more money. And it tells me so much about where someone's beliefs around money are at when I see how they show up and sell. They're not the same, but they're intrinsically linked. The main reason money is not being made, the main reason the entrepreneurial gender pay gap exists, and they haven't even done studies, I don't think, on the difference between like trans entrepreneurs and white male entrepreneurs or just male entrepreneurs or black female entrepreneurs and male, like and the women like I, I don't even know if those studies exist but the main reason those pay gaps exist and I'm sure they do is the different feelings and approaches women and people conditioned as women take to selling that's one of the main reasons because I like I, I think I talked about this in the podcast I was talking to a friend who's an entrepreneur and I, I know he was asking like what what is it you do so do you work mainly with women and I was explaining it's really about less about women and more about the conditioning that women receive and he was like well what does that look like and I was like well like when the war in Ukraine happened and certainly I think this was before might have been just when the stuff in Palestine was kicking up a notch because we know it's been going on for a long time 
I was like, you know, they will pull back and not sell. And he was like, huh? What? So I want you to know that there are many, many men out there, and there'll be women doing this too, who this doesn't occur to. They are going out and selling and it's not occurring to them to stop because there's a world event or to pull back in case they're annoying somebody or to worry how kind their pricing is. It's not occurring to them because they see themselves as a business. But many of us don't have that. And I'm going to call that a privilege because I don't think it's your fault that your conditioning shows up like this. I think this is it makes sense. So selling gets to look like you. And you showing up more will make you more money. And that's the third and probably not final reason that I am offering sell that thing again. Because this stuff is so closely linked. Learning to sell more will change your relationship with money. It might need deeper work, absolutely. That's what plenty's for. But it will start you on that road. And what's delicious is you'll make more money while you're doing it. So if you want to join us for Sell That Thing, you have until Monday, the 12th of February. Let's hope I'm saying that date right because I can't check it right now. But let's hope I'm saying that date right all the way through. If not, check the bottom just in case. But I'm pretty sure it's Monday, the 12th. And we would love, love, love to have you there. If you've got any questions, feel free to pop me an email or DM me on Instagram. I'm always happy to chat it through. But I think you know. I think you know if you want to join us. Okay, thanks for being here. I'll see you very soon.